Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. It is hard for some of us, especially of a certain age, to think of the fact that the Internet has been with us, at least in the public. You know, it was a Defense Department thing before that. But for the public, for the last 30 years, and that websites, some of them, are celebrating anniversaries like their 25th anniversary. Here in the Pittsburgh area, Eric O'Brien has maintained the Pittsburgh Radio and TV online website for 25 years. I remember when it was just merely a a little stripling uh, of a few weeks ago. I think that's when I actually first met uh, Eric, when he first launched the website uh, a quarter of a century ago. Uh, Eric is on the line with us right now. Uh, Good morning, Eric. Good morning. You know, it's it's amazing that it's 25 years old because I'm only 24. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm 39, so I was 14 when we met. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it is. Pittsburgh Radio and TV Online is pbrtv.com. You get some questions as to, is it uh, about professional bull riding? Is it about Uh, uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer? It is not about any of those things. What is it about? It is about Pittsburgh Radio and Television. Which is is a pretty... uh, Obvious uh, choice when you call the website Pittsburgh Radio and Television. How did you start this? How did you get the impetus for starting this website? Where where did the idea come from? The impetus was I was actually a bored 21-year-old guy uh-huh. uh, just getting my feet wet, I guess. And then uh, I came upon a similar site, uh, Dave Hughes in wa- Washington, D.C. Unfortunately, the late Dave Hughes uh, had started a, a site in Washington and Baltimore about uh, radio and television down there. And what was his called? And his was called DCRTV. Okay. So, uh, But at the time, I think it was DC Radio and TV because it was not yet a dot .com and it was on a one of those do-it-yourself website things. Sure. You could have a free site, uh, so many gigs or so many megabytes even by th- that point. And uh, it was just interesting because I had been to D.C. several times by that <laughs> point. And, uh, you know, it was an interesting look at uh, their their perspective. I wonder if people even remember that when web hosting was not even a thing, like there were not companies that did web hosting. So you signed up at Angel Fire or GeoCities or Lycos, one of those uh, companies. We're really tickling people's memory banks now if they're listening out there. Eric O'Brien is our guest. Uh, he is the creator and uh, founder and editor and prime mover, although you do get some help from time to time, behind Pittsburgh Radio and TV Online, which is celebrating its 25th anniversary, PBRTV.com. So you contacted uh, Dave Hughes, you said, was running a website called DCRTV. DCRTV, I contacted him, and he w- he was actually begin- beginning to expand things up into uh, New York and New England and Virginia. And I said, wait a minute, you know, you know the broadcasting I- industry as we know it started here in Pittsburgh, um, as we somewhat argue with our friends in D- Detroit sometimes. November 2nd, 1920, KDKA signed on. We just had uh, two weeks ago, we we had a program uh, about the National Museum of, of Broadcasting. So here we are. And yes, yeah, so 
Pittsburgh, that's its claim to fame in, in the broadcasting industry. That's right. So at one point, he was not interested in help, helping me do that. And about three weeks later, ironically, he said, you know what? I think we will do Pittsburgh because I I have the space to do it and I'll teach you how to do it. And I think we spent about a year and a half uh, from 1998 to 2000. Uh, he was teaching me the very, uh, uh, shall we say, the... Um, rudimentary simplest and rudimentary uh version of html and that's how the site began and then he uh shoved it off on me (laughs) we're talking with eric o'brien 25th anniversary how many websites i wonder that were founded 25 years ago are still online today i I'm, i'm wondering even how who keeps track of such a thing well there is there is one big website that's still up there it's called google oh we've heard them yeah, the, I, whatever happened, whatever happened to to Google. So Google, but there we go. So tell me, how did you come to be interested in radio and, and TV broadcasting? I've always had an interest in it, actually, because um, my dad, who really wasn't any, he, he he didn't work in radio, but he had an interest in things like that. Uh, just to give you a little perspective, I live across the McKnight Road area from where the KQV towers were for uh, 70 some years. And uh, of course they are no longer there, but he, he was the one who told me that that, that's what they were. And of course I had no idea when when he was telling me what KQV even was uh, because I was only about five or six when he told me, but uh, that developed an interest in radio and listening to the radio and then trying to figure out where these sounds were coming from, because I, you know, it wasn't just a box sitting on your table or a, or a picture screen sitting on your uh, television stand. It, it was, it was coming from somewhere. Where was it coming from? How were these people getting there? So it really started with an interest in that. And I also liked recording with a cassette uh, recorder and, uh, and then uh, 1989, Jack Bogut put me on the air and that, that, Hook me, hook, line, and sinker. So we have Jack Bogut to blame for that. We do blame him. Okay. Uh, Eric O'Brien is our guest this morning. You can check out the website at pbrtv.com. We're going to talk about some other aspects of uh, Eric's work, including uh, you've heard him probably on your local radio dial, depending on what part of the Pittsburgh area you live in. He hosts his own show now called Smooth, Relaxing, and Easy. also has hosted a talk show uh, for about 10 or 15 years that I think is going on hiatus right now, but you may be back soon uh hint hint uh we're just teasing that a little bit and also uh you are a young person who is um struggling with a long-term health condition what is that that is parkinson's disease okay and you've written very eloquently about that as well so if you're okay with that i'd like to talk about that maybe uh, a little bit later on in the half hour Let, let us do that sure what has changed uh in radio and tv in 25 years a lot of things for one thing the digital broadcasting but it seems to me 25 years ago, we still had a lot more competition on our local radio dials. A lot more diversity and ownership, that's for sure. And it was around that time. I, I was at the Art Institute as a as a student in uh, 1996 when the uh, Congress passed the, uh, 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 the act back then, the Communications Act, where mm-hmm. stations, where companies could own stations up to like eight stations, uh, five FM and three AM per market. Because uh, that's that's what was trending. Well, and the, can be explained in the, in the old days, the companies were only allowed was it I believe ten AM, ten FM, and ten TV stations uh, all across, across the, the entire country. That's right. So, so a company like Westinghouse in Pittsburgh could only own ten of each kind of station. I think even earlier than that, it was only eight 
of yeah. each kind of station. And there were rules also that newspapers were not allowed to own uh, radio or TV stations. Right, right. And and that uh, that rule had been put in effect after, uh, I forget when that was put in effect, but anyhow. These rules had been around since the 1930s and 40s in some cases, but what you're alluding to is in 1996, I think it was, it was called what, the Telecommunications Act? Telecommunications Act, and uh, uh, Congress passed it, and uh, that meant the station ownership could be as many as eight stations a market, 5 a.m. or 5 f.m. and 3 a.m., and, of course, no newspapers. But uh, it, it really took a... F- in uh, fact, about uh, 1999 or 2000, when you saw all these mergers between companies and stations being traded because they own too many in the market at that point and or too many as a whole or or whatever. And it, it just it just changed the whole dynamic of the whole business because you're not getting as personalized with the competition. And, and you're the new kid on the block at the time, 1999, 2000, running this new website called Pittsburgh Radio and TV. And what? how did people interact with you? How did you get feedback at that point? By email. Okay. Fashioned email. Good old email. And what kind of comments were people getting as their favorite radio station merged or their favorite personalities were no longer uh, on the radio or the formats were changing? Uh, Probably most people pretty upset. Yeah, people were upset, but they didn't. They also didn't know what was going on. If you were a regular oh, listener, okay. yeah. Um, and and I think PBR TV played a role in that, help helping people to under. I'd like to think it helped people to understand what was going on. And I think as they learned about that, they they saw the writing on the wall that uh, stations were going to become more homogenized and just uh, cookie cutter and sound the same no matter what city you were in. And that's become even more true as voice tracking has come into play over the years. And you hear uh, someone's voice in one market between 6 and 10 a.m. and then maybe at a sister station in another market between 10 and 2. We may, we may have to explain what that means for people. We have a, we have a break coming up. Uh, before we take that break, what's the nostalgia Angle. Do, do people in Pittsburgh, especially, I know we love talking about Isleys or about streetcars or our favorite Kennywood ride that isn't there anymore. Uh, the, d- did you get a lot of interest from people who had nostalgia for the radio that they grew up with? Oh, for sure. Yes. And yeah. uh, a lot of them uh, had memories of Reed Cordick and even Ed Shauncey and maybe even back further at the time. But uh, yeah, and and they still strive for that today. They, they're They're still looking for something that entertaining today well i don't know if this show is it but we we are we're here for another 20 minutes or so anyways our guest this morning is eric o'brien he is the creator 25 years on the internet he is celebrating with his website pittsburgh radio and tv online it is at pbrtv.com as eric explained it's an offshoot of dcr tv which is why it's pbr tv has nothing to do with peanut butter professional bull riding or uh paps blue ribbon beer when we come back let's talk about uh some of the changes uh, that you have tracked, uh, we talked about the ownership changes, but let's, let's talk about some of the format changes that you have tracked uh, over the last 25 years and also how digital uh, has changed how people hear and see their favorite uh, local and national programs, okay? Sounds good. Broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes. We'll be right back. Support for this broadcast comes from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. Since 1866, Striffler's has provided compassionate 
at professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Strifflers offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company, Design Monuments, Strifflers also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at strifflers.com or call 412-678-6191. Before we took the break, we were talking about how just at the time that you were signing your website on, a lot of radio stations were getting gobbled up into big mergers. I think that was about the time that we saw the the froggy radio stations. A bunch of of radio stations around Pittsburgh became frogs, all owned by the the same company under the froggy branding. What are some other changes that that you saw uh, that you tracked uh, over the years? Well, I think the talk format has uh, taken up uh, a a good part of the uh, AM dial nowadays. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it took on the FM dial around Pittsburgh yeah. around, uh, I think, 2004 um, mm-hmm. with uh, 104.7. And uh, but it's back on the AM dial, taking over 1320s uh, nostalgic mm-hmm. uh, music format that we uh, still pine for, I think. We, we also saw something that probably was unthinkable at the time to a lot of people who had grown up in Pittsburgh, especially if they were an alumni of uh, Duquesne University, and that was the loss of WDUQ, which was uh, Duquesne University Ge- Educational right. Station. That, that was a huge deal, too, because they had they had owned it for quite some time. And they signed it on since 19, 1947 or 48. Yeah, like and... Uh, you know, most colleges have gotten out of the radio business, and uh-huh. if, if they are in the radio business, it's all online nowadays. Yeah. And so that that was part of it. I mean, they didn't want the responsibility of run, running a, a tower site anymore or anything like that. We've also seen some new uh people in terms of the ownership of radio uh, enter the market. We, we have seen a, a, a rise in religious broadcasting. Who are some of the religious broadcasters that have entered the market? I think you're uh, referring to uh, Educational Media Foundation. It's one of them, yeah. And they, they are the K-Love people. The K-Love people. And they started with all the uh, lower power FM signals. And as they have grown, they have bought big signals. Uh, Washington, D.C. was one of those places where they bought a a huge signal with 107.3 and then I think New York City too as well and they were some heritage station stations that they offered big money for what does that mean heritage stations define some of these uh, jargon terms for us well i think in new york for instance it was wplw which was a popular uh, uh, top 40 station i think for a long time these are stations that have been around all you know for 40 or 50 years something like like kdka in pittsburgh for instance yeah right and, and <laughs> And you know there would be a revolution if they got that signal, but they don't want to be on AM anyway. So that's, you know. Well, another thing I think that was almost unthinkable to, to people and that has happened in the last 25 years was the disappearance for a while of, of WAMO. Uh, talk about uh, what WAMO um, meant to the Pittsburgh community. Well, WAMO has been a heritage urban station, urban formatted, uh, serving the uh, black community for for many years uh, and owned by a a company called Sheridan Broadcasting. And they owned the Urban Network as Mm -hmm. well. And uh, they ended up uh, selling the stations, what, about 14, 15 years ago now. And they went all religious. All religious, yes. Is that something that would have been unthinkable before the the Telecommunications Act, to have a, a heritage successful uh, uh, urban station like that, the the legendary uh, station, just disappear. I don't think it would have been before that. Yeah, you know the it, it, the te- the telecommunication 
Communications Act has turned everything into, uh, well, radio stations in in particular into properties. Uh-huh. It's just like selling real estate. You know, sure. you live in a house for a while, you sell it and move on, and somebody else does something with it, and that's what the stations have become. They they aren't as filled with information and entertainment as they used to be they're they're there if you want to listen but i i think the true meaning of radio has been lost with all of this there have been some startup uh companies too in the in the pittsburgh area we're talking with eric o'brien about his website pittsburgh radio and tv online which is celebrating its 25th anniversary considering that the World Wide web itself is only about 30 years old that's a pretty big achievement to be online for that long. PBRTV.com is how you get to it. Uh, what is St. Barnabas Broadcasting? That is a new player in the Pittsburgh it's area. It's a, a new venture, and uh, I don't, don't... not a new organization. Not a new organization. Of course, they were in uh, uh, senior living, Yeah, of course. And I don't know where the broadcast broadcasting arm came from, but they bought WJAS in uh, 2021, I think, two years mm-hmm. ago. And then uh, they also own the Beaver County stations and the Butler County stations now. So they've become quite a player in the in, in the industry. Uh, the Two of the stations that this talk show is going out on also ha- have, have emerged as big players in the Pittsburgh radio market. One of them is 810 AM in McKeesport. And I know you worked there for a while. Uh, that's a company called Broadcast Communications, which has grown up from almost nothing. Yeah, yeah, and um, amazingly so. And uh, they bought KQV a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. everybody thought it was gone when the uh, previous family, Calvary Broadcasting, owned it. But uh, no, uh, Bob Stevens has brought it back, and it's it's playing easy listening of all things. The, the other one, of the other stations that we are on, uh, fifteen fifty AM in in Braddock. W- where did that emerge from? Because we we talked about the fact that Duquesne University gave up their radio station license after something like sixty years. Where did fifteen fifty emerge from? Fifteen fifty is uh, WZUM, and uh, of course that uh, those call letters were in Carnegie for the longest time. But uh, no, the the former uh, engineer at WDUQ started his own station and company and uh, brought that about, what about, uh, well, again, about 14, 15 years ago now. So we're seeing some of the, the heritage companies, Westinghouse Broadcasting no longer exists. Uh, uh, Hearst Broadcasting no longer, I think, owns any radio stations. Uh, they were, of course, a major player, although they still own Channel 4 Television in Pittsburgh. And we haven't even talked about the TV aspect of Pittsburgh Radio and TV yet. But but you've been tracking all this change through your website for, for 25 years. Yes, and I've lost more. I can't remember more of it than I've written about it, but <laughs> it seems that I've lost a lot of that. But uh, no, I, I have this website to refer to to, to help me out. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's amazing to see how how the the trends have changed in the companies as well. As you said, Hearst doesn't they actually do? They still own the uh, oh, do they in in Baltimore? Okay, okay. Uh, as far as I know, we have another break coming up. But let's talk a little bit about uh, television, uh, the TV, because there are fewer TV over the air channels in Pittsburgh. I think they've been a little bit more stable. I think all three channels that were owned by the companies that they were owned with when you started your website are owned by descendants of those companies. They haven't really switched back and forth. I think even the network affiliations have stayed. ABC is on four, CBS is on two, NBC is on uh, 11. But um, that is not the case some other places in the country, is it? No, it isn't. I mean, they they can sometimes change networks affiliation or uh, 
or even uh, ownership. And that has kind of done the same thing it has in radio, but not as big a, a jump, I would think. We, we have another break coming up, but before we get there, I, I read Rob Owen's column in the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, and of course he used to be in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and he gets a lot of questions and answers, and I think the questions that, that he gets most often are about certain TV personalities on local television. Do you get some of those questions too, and, and how do you field them? Rarely, uh, but I, I... People want to know about who, who changed their hairstyle, who moved to this market, who changed their job. And where has so-and-so been? It's like like they're not human and they don't get a vacation. <laughs> why, do, why do you think it is that people connect to their uh, local TV anchor or their local TV reporters so much, that they think they know this person? Especially in Pittsburgh, because, you know, it seems that everybody is feels tied to them. Uh, you know, like we... We think years ago of Walter Cronkite. Everybody loved Walter Cronkite because he was just a straightforward newsman. He was always professional and so well trusted. But um, you know, now they couldn't care less about, especially about the networks. But uh, I think, yeah, but they didn't tell Walter Cronkite that he should change his haircut. As, as they they have no problem telling Megan Schiller or or Kara Sapida or Ron Smiley or whoever that they need to change. That the most that they didn't like the shirt they were wearing yesterday, or they didn't like the hair the way they combed their hair yesterday. Um, that it's I, I wonder why that is though that they think they they can do that for the local TV person. Well, that's why they feel they know them, and and <laughs> half the time they won't even sign the email, and it's probably from their aunt Shirley or something. But you know, it, it's it's uh, it's amazing to think that they feel that they know them, especially now that they can interact with them on Facebook or by email even. Well, we apologize to any aunt Shirleys out there who were. Uh, offended by that comment we're going to take our our second break the time goes quickly when we come back i I want to talk about uh two very different things one of them related to pittsburgh radio and tv which is the subject of your website which is the fact that the population continues to decline here in western pennsylvania which means the nielsen market has shrunk and I, i wanted to ask you what that has done to some of the longevity of some of our local tv and radio personalities the other thing i want to ask you is a very personal question about uh you uh, are living with parkinson's disease and i want to ask you uh how that's been going and, and what lessons you can offer for other people okay sure Eric O'Brien is our guest. 25 years of Pittsburgh Radio and TV online. He is celebrating this year with his website, pbrtv.com is how you get to it. And you can also find him on Facebook and wherever finer websites are sold. From the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, and we'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. Support for this broadcast comes from the City of McKeesport Fair Housing Office. Fair housing is your right, and the Fair Housing Act prohibits discrimination in housing because of race, color, national origin, religion, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, family status, or disability. That includes renting or buying a home, getting a mortgage, seeking housing assistance, or engaging in other housing-related activities. For more information about Fair Housing Act protections in the City of McKeesport, call 412-675-5020, extension 635. Back for a final few with Eric O'Brien. He is celebrating the 25th anniversary of his website, Pittsburgh Radio and TV Online. And uh, depending on what station you are listening to this broadcast, you can also catch him on Saturdays at 3 o'clock on a different frequency uh, on a show called Smooth, Relaxing, and Easy, which is what we used to call mockingly as elevator music, but the older I get, the more I enjoy it. Uh, How long have you been doing that show? Well, it's been, what about, this is my eighth year, actually. And that now goes around the world, huh? It does. It does, yes. So, uh, 
Yeah, tune in on uh, just look for for it. You can find it on PBR TV. There's a subsite for it. Before we wrap up here, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what you have been living with. You are in your 40s um, and are living with Parkinson's disease, which is which is a condition that I think a lot of people think only strikes older folks. When were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed at age 37. I will be 47 in December. So this is going to be your 10th year anniversary of that. Yes, yes. Well, technically it has it has passed because I uh, spent several months with it before having a diagnosis sure. solidly enough to uh, say it is what it is. So technically I'm going on 11 years. But, uh, you know, what advice do you have for for someone out there, especially someone who's who's a younger person who maybe has just heard this this diagnosis from their doctor and, and is is scared, is upset? Keep persevering because mm-hmm. you, you will make it through. You, you have a purpose to live and you have to live in spite of it. And, you know, here I am on the radio and it affects my voice every now and again. You've mm-hmm. heard me stammer and stutter a lot, but uh, I keep going because people know that I have this and. They, they still tell me I do a pretty good job. So yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's worthwhile. And there are going to be nights or days where you're going to want to stamp the wall. I've done it myself, but uh, you just have to keep going in, in spite of it, in spite of what it does to your body and how nervous it makes you feel or look or uh, stone faced or whatever. You know, mm. you ha- you just have to persevere and move on. And and you have continued to be in the broadcast industry. You were until recently doing a, a talk show, uh, much like this talk show. In fact, I think it ran at almost the same time as this talk show on a couple of stations uh, for broadcast communications. You have retired from that, but uh, there is a rumor that you may be coming back with another talk show uh, soon. Is that accurate? That is accurate. Uh, we still have to sit down and discuss it in full, but uh, it could be on uh, statewide. A station, a station near you someday soon. Yes, yes, okay. it's coming coming soon. What, what's going to happen twenty five years from now? If 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 you and I are having this conversation and and we're both uh, uh, got lap uh, blankets on and you know uh, yeah, we'll be in our seventies by then. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. You, you and I will both be completely bald probably by then. May, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll get a toupee by then. But uh, we're little little old gray men in our seventies. Uh, what what do you think the broadcast scene is going to look like twenty five years from now? Well, I hate to think about it, but I think we'll see the towers in the uh, area decrease. Oh, you think it'll be more cell phone delivered or 5G delivered? 5G or whatever the tech, you know, probably by then it'll be 25G or something like that. But uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's probably going to be a little more cell phone based or digital based, and uh, which I, I hate the, the thought of because I think analog, there is still a place for analog. So you think the era of of tuning into uh, fifteen fifty AM, for instance, or one hundred one point one FM, the, those are going to go by the wayside. We're we're not going to. Some countries have already gone to full digital broadcasting, where everything comes over the same signal. But I, I think that's probably where we will be headed soon. I had this question actually from one of my listeners recently. I'll ask you: uh, Where do you go to to find something unusual to listen to? What, what do you do when you're bored with uh, the stuff we all listen to every day? and you want to hear something a little bit different. There is a station in Hagerstown, Maryland. It is WJEJ, which has a mixture of all kinds of, I mean, they they are the last probably solely owned station in the country that I can think of that uh, they still serve the community, but they also serve serve the world online. And uh, I enjoy their music. It's a nostalgic, easy listening country, a little, little bit of everything from... From I would say 1940 on, 
and still have announcers. And uh, like I said, they're still community oriented. That's radio to me. And do you, you you've built this resource for 25 years and when you decide to give it up, uh, what what happens to it? Does it go to an archive somewhere? Um, because like you said, you are now going back and referring to things that you wrote 10 or 20 years ago to, to look them up. That is a good question. Unfortunately, when Dave Hughes passed away a couple of years ago, he uh, his site just completely disappeared. And uh-huh. I know that that was to the disappointment of uh, of many, but he passed passed away pretty uh, suddenly. Unexpectedly, so, yeah. yeah. And uh, in fact, he had posted something that morning mm. and died that afternoon. Um, but yeah, unfortunately he did not make a provision for it. I am going to work on that actually, because there will come a time and, and who knows, it, it may not be of any value at that point, but we'll see. But you have created this incredible resource and a community of people who, who comment and contribute and send you things, uh, at Pittsburgh radio and TV online, pbrtv.com. And he is celebrating his 25th anniversary, quite a milestone for a relatively young medium of, of the internet. So congratulations. Well, thank you. And thank you all for listening this week to Two Rivers 30 Minutes Broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.